about them Irish. I can't take it anymore. I need a national championship. This is the Four Horsemen Podcast. And we are back. Welcome to the Four Horsemen Podcast. I'm Dylan, joined by Steve as always. And we are at 600 followers on Twitter. We got to thank you guys, the listeners, the followers. Uh, currently at 605 so let's see if we can get to 700 by like november let's get this thing growing we're a growing podcast we're glad to have you steven if i may call you so (laughs) 42 to 6 the irish beat florida state what are your thoughts two words sloppy blowout (laughs) does that not like almost hit it right on the head it's perfect. It's a yeah. perfect, perfect definition of everything that happened in the game. Yeah, I mean, muffed punts by Lawrence Keys, first drive of the game, a, a freaking fumble and in brutal territory, which leads to you know what is it, three points to, to start the game. It's just like, oh man, it, it, it sh- the the score was not indicative of the the talent discrepancy and the coaching discrepancy. We were obviously so much better. So. You know, don't think of it as like this was a failure because I was the spread was 21. We failed to cover, but even still, we played a great game. Would have wished for a little bit more shutdown on defense. It is what it is. Uh, Sean Crawford really saved our bacon with his pick. Um, but yeah, sloppy blow is the best way I can describe it. How about your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's exactly true. And I think the underlying numbers show that it was a blowout. And I think we may not have covered technically but like in spirit we covered like that wasn't really a close game at all i mean florida state took the lead at one point in the first quarter and i'm thinking like we're still gonna cover like oh, i'm not even zero moderately worried yeah not yeah. at all we were pretty filthy just offensively just unbelievable i don't know if it's florida state sucks but this is two weeks now where usf was the same thing and it just looks like the irish might have it figured out offensively and if we do like the ACC is fucked. Like, Clemson has something to genuinely worry about. Yeah. If our O-line can get the push that they got in this game against, you know, UNC, who's now ranked number five, never thought I would say that in my life, against Clemson, like, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it's starting to feel good. It's starting to feel exciting. You know, let's just keep this O-line healthy. Let's keep them trucking, and, and I think good things are going to follow we're going to get statistical. We're going to get analytical. Obviously, we'll cover our four horsemen and we'll get right into it. But uh, Dylan, I'll let you lead us through the segments like you usually do. All right. Well, the first thing I noticed, and we got a discrepancy here between ESPN and like the score on like the box stats, but one of them says we're over 600 yards for the game. I'm pretty sure that's the one that's accurate because it felt like we were over 600 yards for the game. I mean, what we punted maybe twice all game it was just unbelievable offense and it translated into 42 points but it should have been more we got stopped on a fourth and goal i don't know if you were lucid for that one I was um, not. <laughs> so we we had a chance to cover the spread at the very last minute and we got stuffed on a fourth and goal um wow i really legitimately blacked out then holy crap 
<laughs> yeah, Tommy decided to run like a, a jet sweep the opposite direction, and it didn't work. Um, so we could have covered, didn't. Uh, the turnovers, um, that's the big issue, right? Like, we gifted them 10 points. Mm-hmm. And this team should have been, you know, they should have scored 16, and we should have scored more. Um, so offensively, no problems here. I mean, just something that's crazy. We talk about average rushing yards. Notre Dame averaged over 8.4 yards per carry, and our two running backs, Tyree and Williams, they both averaged over nine. How is that possible? Like, that doesn't seem like a human number. You're almost averaging a first down on runs, and that's not like, like... like weighting it, like oh, we got some big plays and some small plays. That that's the fucking average. Can you even believe that? Yeah, no, I, they the 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 holes were porn style gaping. <laughs> Sorry to make you almost spit out your water. <laughs> this twice now, I've almost spit out my water. <laughs> it the 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 O line, my oh my, um, what a what a friggin' performance by them. You know, not only. You know, open up, opening up holes at the line of scrimmage, but but getting it level and really springing blockers. I mean, I on uh, was it Kyron Williams' long touchdown run? I think it was like sixty-five yards. Tommy Tremble was just running down the field looking for someone to hit. He had no one to hit. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was just like, you know, the, the most aggressive tight end in in recent memory that just plows over people and he's just out in open field full steam. If he gets his hat on the safety, that safety is dying and there's no one in sight. And he's just like, he escorts his, his buddy into the end zone. Incredible performance by the O-line, the, the rushing game. I know that obviously passing is far and away the more uh, efficient, you know, play call, so to speak. But this O-line and this, uh, this, this Notre Dame offense under Tommy Reese, they're looking good. They are looking real good. Yeah, real good for sure. I mean, the O-line has been PFF graded them after two weeks, the highest graded O-line in history. I mean, who knows if that'll hold, but that's the level we're talking at. Uh, I, I saw your uh, your GIF. So for those who follow on Twitter, Steve does the GIFs during the game, and they're wildly popular. And the one on Tremble, if you remember, you said Tommy looks generally and like like genuinely pissed that he couldn't block anyone. And I was thinking that, and I saw I saw that tweet, and I, I just couldn't help but laugh. Because if I could borrow a word from the great George Carlin, he's like uh, Wolverine on angel dust. Like, he's a <laughs> psychopath. <laughs> like, he, he wants to hurt people, and I love it. Like, he, I think it's his kink. Like, it's his, his sexual identity is hurting people. Yeah. And, and honestly, if we can get that out of tight ends in, in the future... Um, obviously Tommy is probably going to be moving on at this point because he looks too good not to go pro. Maybe he sticks around for a senior year, but who knows? Um, but I mean, between Brock, Wright, Uh, I think Brock Wright's also a senior, but he might have one year left of eligibility. Um, Kane boring is, is a freshman coming in, uh, Michael Meyer, who's, who's butting into a, a star in his own right. I mean, you know, we are tight on you. We are O line you and, if we get those hog mollies pushing up front, if we can get into two tight end sets and really just control the line of scrimmaging in, in the big games, uh, obviously Clemson and then and beyond that, I'm thinking playoffs because it's very much so indicating that early on this year, not to get too far ahead of ourselves. I, we we got, I, I've said it before, sorry to be redundant, but it, it's special. Everything right now is is just very special. Well, how do you game plan around a guy like Tommy Tremble? Because if he's blocking you're at a disadvantage 
just that just is a fact and then if he's not blocking he's got great hands i mean they could be better like he's not uh, he's not Cole Komet but he's got he's got solid hands and he's athletic he gets up that field pretty quickly i mean book missed him on a on a it looked like a a, a go route um in the end zone but like he's that type of guy that he's going to stretch the defense and he's going to be a yak guy mm-hmm. so I don't know how you game plan around around him, and that's just one of the weapons we're developing. Because that was the big concern, right? Was uh, <laughs> what are you laughing at? It may have come through the podcast. I did just fart. I'm I'm gonna get out ahead of it. I did just fart. I thought that was gonna be silent. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're, we're having it's a it's a party Sunday. I, I none of my football teams have lost. I've been drinking all day. I, I've been dipping. So I apologize. That's on me. I, this is going to be fun for me to edit later to make that decision if we're keeping it or, or if we're going to cut it out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the receivers seem to be getting a little better too. Lindsay had a good game. Um, something I wanted to bring up because we always talk about after the games, how did Ian Book play? Uh, so taking a look at uh, QBR, Book was graded at 83.3, 15th in the country. I thought he had a solid game. Um, Andy's stats, uh, they're going to come out with something later in the week that'll probably suggest that he was great. Um, he averaged 8.1 yards per attempt. And if you recall, Steve, this is something we were monitoring last year because Book was not throwing the ball down the field. So he averaged in the sevens last year. Um, this year he's back in the eights. He's getting closer to that 2018 range. And, um, the grade of 83.3, which is adjusted, is actually higher than his 2018 average. So that's the kind of performance we need from Bookie. I thought he was good, um, very solid. I mean, if you look at the box score numbers, like 200 yards is an impressive. Well, he didn't need to, right? He was effective when he needed to be. We ran the ball a lot. I thought he was an absolute crucial, crucial player. Um, do you have any thoughts on the quarterback play? Yeah, no, he he was very very good, um, and and this was one of those games where it, on on paper he'll look like a game manager because we ran for what three hundred and sixty three yards in in my memory somewhere in that neighborhood, um, so he'll look like a game manager on paper. He was very good. He was very very good. These are the games. These are the performances that we're going to need uh, to replicate against top tier talent, and uh, you know, compose. Uh, did I just make up a word? Yeah, okay. You did. You okay. Did. That's not even uh, an accent. That's just you you butchered the English language or you made it better. It's one of those two things. Yep. Uh composed, poised, composed. <laughs> uh well, you know, we didn't see the the happy feet that he's been prone to in, in the past. Um yeah, you know, and, and there's NFL talent uh on the defense. Uh it, you know, for uh for Florida State. They're just a kind of a program in ruin right now, but yeah, I mean, he he stayed in the pocket. He made his throws. Um, you know, play action was good. All things considered, he played. He he came out and and had the performance that we should expect, which was a great performance, uh, or at the very least, very good. And if he is very good or better, I think nine times out of ten, that's going to translate to victory. So he did his job. Absolutely, you know, nothing really bad to say about him at all because he he really just he he came he showed up and balled out. Yeah, for sure. And I thought something I was impressed with was the offense and in the way it was constructed. So I had tweeted something like made in a like a a comparison, I suppose, to like a two-headed dragon because that's what it felt like. Our our pass and our rushing game 
were so complimentary. And um, actually, from FSU stats, um, they I, I took it from them. Um, they seem like nice fellows or a nice fella. I don't I don't know if there's <laughs> multiple, um, but um, Notre Dame was averaging 0.33 EPA per rushing or sorry per passing play and 0.31 EPA per rushing play. That's almost the same. You're having a, a running game that's almost as efficient as a really efficient passing game. Because if you recall from our um, our our uh, the episode where we had those ND stats, those exclusive stats, um, Book was like in his best in the high 20s. So we were passing above that. We were in the low 30s, and we were running in the low 30s. That is crazy. The efficiency there is unbelievable, and and you saw it work out, right? We ate a lot of clock. Uh, we scored on almost every down or every drive. Felt like almost every down, though, the way Florida State couldn't defend. And <laughs> I, I just, from your perspective, Steve, when you, if you, well, from whatever you can recall, of course, um, how did you find the play calling? Good. Um, I mean... The, the not only uh, obviously were, were we able to run it down their throats, I feel like there was a couple of times we had some some calculated, uh, you know, misdirection. There were some draw plays that that played out really well. And then also we, we were just able to bang it right down their throat, uh, you know, running out of shotgun. I, I think I recall one or two pistol calls if. I, yeah. I, again, I was, uh, I was in the bag, you know, about halfway through the third quarter. So, uh, it, a, l- a lot of it is fuzzy to me, admittedly. And I, I should probably, there's a lot the of, um, there's a lot of counter plays out of shotgun where it, I think they bring in a guard, like they pull guard to, yeah. to hit that edge rusher. And then with Tommy, they just kind of create a hole that's, well, like you said earlier, gaping. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I just please, 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 for the love of God, run the ball even half as good against Clemson in, as you did in this particular game. And it's going to translate into, at the very least, a one-score game, if not potentially a victory. Oh, for sure. If Notre Dame's running at half of this, which would be 0.15 EPA run, that we've won the game. <laughs> like, you don't see those numbers. You Usually running efficiency is near zero. Like it's not good. Oftentimes it's negative. So if you have half of uh, of that against Clemson, boy, we would be we'd be cooking. And I don't expect it to stay this efficient, obviously. But this is two weeks now, well, two games separated by three weeks, where it's it's been this good. And you're kind of wondering, well, is it just superior athletes? I don't know. Florida State recruits well. It's not. Florida State and USF are different. And the fact that we've dominated both of them in the run game makes me think this, this could be legit. This could be something we could run up against a ranked team and, and kind of put that kind of performance in. Uh, but the one concern obviously with everyone on Twitter, and I think there's just varying degrees of concern is the defense. So what I want to ask you, how do you feel about it? Are you concerned? Not in particular. I think a lot of this was, uh, was rust, you know, Kyle Hamilton was back and, and he played all things considered a pretty damn good game. Um, because he's just so friggin' talented. Uh, I, I would say that having the, the amount of points we did against us against such an inferior opponent is obviously frustrating and, and annoying, but as you mentioned, it should have been about 16, 17 points. Um, you know, so turnovers really kind of, you know, shot us in the ass, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we played well and we locked down when we had to. 
it was a little bit too bend don't break against a team where we should have been a lot more aggressive and getting them off the field, you know, three and outs, especially against a third string quarterback. But I, I don't think that this was, you know, don't don't hit the panic button. I would say mild concern at most. Yeah, I, I agree. But we tend to be, for some reason, on the less extreme side of the fan base. Um, there were people who were, like, literally saying fire Kelly at halftime. Huh. <laughs> Up two touchdowns. <laughs> oh, man. And that's another thing I just want to talk about is the coach is not to blame for two random fumbles inside your own 30. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, you cannot pass that one off as the coach failed to prepare for the game. We had three weeks off and some random stuff happens in football. That That is what it is. You know what Especially I mean? That's not college a college football. I mean, you look at the landscape and how it's played out this year. Like anyone at, at any point in time is winning this year, uh, you know, with with Florida dropping one to A&M, which, again, we're, we're going to cover in more detail. But it's like it, it's. These are college kids. They're 18 to, to 21 years old. They're, it's extremely unpredictable. The maturity these guys have, the mental toughness that they have, and you know, lapses are, are going to happen. So you remember, the, remember the game that we're watching. We're not watching the NFL. We're watching college football. There's going to be mistakes, but it's how you respond to those mistakes, which is the you know the difference between a playoff team or not. And we responded well. So And, well, I'm, and I'm Kyron very- Williams – Kyron Williams responded with about 8,000 rushing yards. So, yeah, I think it was <laughs> you know, he, that, yeah. that worked out. Um, one thing I would say um, is I think college football fans, or at least Notre Dame fans, don't have a concept of time. So, like, if we're if we're playing a close game and, like, halfway through the second quarter, people think that's how the whole game is going to go. And I don't know how they haven't realized this this lesson yet, where it's like, by the time the fourth quarter comes around, we're probably going to be up 300 points. Yeah. You know, it's just overreaction too early is what bothers me. It's just like, why are you freaking out right now at this point in the game? Yeah, if we if we go into halftime down or tied, then that's when I'll be concerned because I'll say uh, then that's when I start getting into the negative thinking of up oh, here comes the Notre Dame stinker. It's that one game a year where we play down, where we should just blow the team, you know, the blow, blow the doors off the team. And, and, you know, they have no business competing, but. You know, sloppy mistakes, you know, stupid mental errors is going to let the other team back into it. And then this is going to be a one score possession until late. That wasn't it. Th- this was not it. Yeah, you know, we we took the lead convincingly by the time halftime came around. And then by the time, you know, a couple minutes into the third quarter, you know, again, we scored and it was pretty much just like, all right, we're, we're good. Now just, you know, put the pressure on on defense and, and close it out. Yeah, well, this is why I, I put a poll out on Twitter. Um, so we want to get you guys involved in the show, and we're, we're thankful for all your participation. So I asked how you guys felt about the game and to comment on what you like or didn't like from the performance. Um, and in terms of the poll, um, I asked you a grade range of how you thought the game went. Um, uh, one person thought we played A or A-plus level of football. Um, 27% of people thought in between an A-minus, B-plus range. Um, 64%, a big majority thought a B or a B minus grade for that performance. And then 7% of you thought C or worse. Um, so Steve, I'll ask you, what grade would you give us that performance? And, uh, is there anything in particular you, you liked or didn't like from the game? Uh, I would say it teeters at a minus just because of the sloppiness. You know, if, uh, again, if Kyron doesn't fumble, if we don't muff a punt, this is a 56 to 16 game. And then everyone's saying how, oh, wow, we, we 
beat the living piss out of this team. They suck. We're the best. We're awesome. Two freak plays. It is what it is. Um, mistakes are going to happen. And and we responded. So uh, we, it, we could have gotten a grade of A or better if uh, if it wasn't for the, the turnovers. Basically, the turnovers led to points, which made this closer on paper than what it is. But, uh, you know, just kind of going full circle to my first statement, it was a sloppy blowout. And you just accept it for what it is. And And Clemson has had these games. Alabama has had these games. You know, Alabama struggled mightily this this week with uh, with you know the offense uh, from from Ole Miss. Like you know, the, these games will happen. Um, you know, Georgia has struggled. You know, name a team in the top five, top ten right now, and they've had a game where, on paper, it looks like it was some sort of struggle. It looked like it was some sort of game where you know they. It basically, it was tighter than what it looked, but they ended up being fairly blowout games for various amounts of reasons. And that's, I think, where we the category that we filled in. And that's actually promising to me because if if our sloppy game is a 20-some-odd point win or 19 or whatever the hell it might have been, I, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm down. I, you know, I'll take that game all day, all day. Yep. Well, something I, I kept thinking, too, is I know our defense is good, so a, a slight underperformance isn't what concerns me. What my focus is on is that the offense, which we all thought would be bleh, is playing so well. You know what I mean? I'm taking the positive out of that game because because I know the defense is good. I'm not worried about that sloppiness, and the turnovers are turnovers. But the offense had made a statement that night. Um, so I'm just going to read some of the best comments um, that we received. And again, thank you guys for uh, for engaging. Um, you know, we we love having you. So, um, D Revelus at D Rock Irish, uh, he gave us a good response saying, "O line creating holes when there isn't one. Arby's are running backs, not like Arby's, like the the, the fast food chain. <laughs> um, refreshing to see. If we could execute a screen pass, <laughs> it would create more time for Book to effectively throw downfield." I fully agree with this. Um, that's one on Kyron Williams where he had a screen pass where he dropped it, and had he caught it, he would have scored a 60-yard 60, 60 touchdown. Yeah. Um, then he said, defense, disappointed they didn't have a spy on the FSU QB. He kept the Knowles in the game. B, B-. minus. Um, I think that's totally fair. The FSU quarterback played really well. Um, we were expecting, or I was expecting Blackman, but we got Jordan Travis instead, and he was he was tricky. He was hard to deal with. Um, and he, he kept drives going when they shouldn't have. So credit to them. I thought that was a great comment. And another one I want to bring up, uh, Doug Sant at Dougie Sant. He says, I'll say B. Got to clean up drop passes, fumbles, and missed field goal. Love that BK showed killer instinct last night. I fully agree. I think that's a pretty good take. Um, hopefully when you clean up those mistakes, that would be a bigger win. But yeah, BK seems to be a little different this year where he wants to like overrise teams. Yeah, he wants teams to be like defunded afterwards for how poorly they played. <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking that. I'm liking that a lot. Um so Steve, if you have anything else to say about the game, uh go ahead. If not, I think we should move on to the the four horsemen, our four picks of the game. Yeah, now we'll head right into the horsemen and we'll start with yours cuz I usually go first and, and the floor is yours, buddy. Oh. Why, thank you. Um for me, I wanted to give Ian Book the number 1. But I couldn't. And the reason for that is I have to give the offensive line as a whole the first horseman of the game. It was just unbelievable. I consider just putting Liam Eikenberg in for the fact that he poked his eye out. 
got it like swollen shut <laughs> like someone had tweeted out like Rocky Balboa and then continued to maul Florida State so that's just the kind of animal we have on those lines all of them right they're all so so good I mean Patterson in the middle uh you got Hainsey uh Kramer Banks Eichenberg of course it's just filthy how good this offensive line is and we are really really gonna miss them next year so credit for them for just they averaged eight yards a carry that's unbelievable. They gave Book all the time in the world. So they're my number one horseman. My second one's Ian Book. Um, he led in total EPA. Um, I tweeted this out last night, guys. Uh, Connor McQuinston, McQuinston, I think. I don't have the name on me right now. Uh, on Twitter, he's a Michigan guy, but he puts out good game recaps with individual performances based on how many expected points they've added. And Ian Book led everybody by a country mile. He was so effective. Uh, composed, or as Steve would say, composed. Um, <laughs> that's staying forever now. Um, and he was lethal. I thought he was very accurate, too. So he's my second. Kyron Williams is my third. I, I, I was a little back and forth on this because of the fumble and because of the drop pass, but he was so dominant behind that O-line. And to be fair, this is mostly O-line driven, but just the sheer number that he put up, I got to give him the third horseman. Um, he was also the second Notre Dame player in total EPA. And the third total EPA player for the Irish was Javon McKinley. He had a really good game. I think he actually went over 100 yards. Um, he made some big, big catches. And thankfully, Book is throwing the ball down the field more. That's what we got to see. And if we be, if we can accomplish that part of the game, hopefully with Kevin Austin, who, who didn't really get many snaps, then we're going to be almost, almost unstoppable. Yeah, a hard agree. Yeah. And I, I believe it was a, a long third down where McKinley ended up getting hauling in. I think it was a 33 yard somewhere in that neighborhood, 30 some odd yard uh, first down catch right along the sideline. So it, you hit the nail spot on, you know, it, book stretching the field, Javon big body going out on the edge and, and grabbing it and, and hauling it down. So that was huge. And my horsemen are going to look extremely similar to yours. Uh, I did not name the, the offensive line as the horsemen, but I will sing their praises from the mountaintops. They obviously deserve a spot. I, I'll give them an honorary mention. Just wanted to focus in a little bit more specifically on a couple of players. Um, so, yeah, first horseman, I just had it up. Uh, Chris Tyree, uh, his second rushing touchdown, uh, the true freshman, and his first ever career 100-yard uh, game, which is really cool. Um, so it just kind of made sense. Uh, and. Obviously, you know, uh, Kyron Williams was an animal and, and he played great uh, in his own right. But I wanted to give a shout out to Chris Tyree, Javon McKinley, five catches, 107 yards, his first hundred yard game of the year. You know, Javon always seems like this guy that's so super talented. He's such a athletic freak, it seems, uh, but has been very hit or miss, very hot or cold. You know, when if he was able to turn it on this game, uh, you know, he earns himself a, a horseman spot. Uh, Jeremiah Ousu-Koromoa all over the field. He is the leader of this defense. He's the heart and soul of the defense. And I believe one stat line that you're not going to see on the, the stat sheet is he did come away with one murder. There was one murder <laughs> reported to his record. He lit. I, I gasped. I audibly gasped. I was, yeah. I was stumbling to like grab my phone in time to like video the replay so I could get the gif out. I was like, I was maniacally laughing at how hard he hit that running back or receiver in the flat or whatever it was. He absolutely murdered him. So yeah. that was that 
well, the murder we'll stat that moment later. <laughs> the, and, the murder that, stat brought to you by Jalen Elliott. That, that's yeah, exactly. that, that's that that was a, a long running joke from last season, guys. So I, I knew it was coming, and I was so excited. Yeah, yeah, Jalen Elliott. Uh, we we miss him for sure, and he's he's in the NFL now. Uh, hopefully, going to be adding adding up to his his kill count. And then obviously, Ian Book is is a, another horseman. Um, again, you know, horsemen are guys that go out and do their job. And and did he throw for three hundred and fifty yards and four touchdowns? No, but he managed the game. And not only did he manage the game, but he also he, he balled out and and went way above and beyond what could have been expected from just a game manager. So I th- he he got into the level of being a very very good football player in this game so shout out ian uh and and you know all of our trust is in him this year we're going as far as he takes us well i've got a question for you and this is a very very serious question one that you know can just dictate the entire rest of this podcast steve what put juice in your nuts <laughs> the extremely obvious moment of when jeremiah ousu Koromoa absolutely destroyed that defender. I mean, that that juiced me up so bad. I was like jumping up and down. I was howling. You know, my my in-laws are away for the weekend, so I had the whole house to myself and I was like screaming like a banshee, like a madman. So, wow, what a friggin' hit. That really juiced me up. I was so so excited for it. Uh, how about yourself? Um, I've considered that one and I also considered the helicopter hit. Um, that, that was pretty was awesome. cool too. Um, I'm gonna go with though Michael Mayer touchdown, the first touchdown of the game. Um, that is a true freshman out of is it Kentucky? Yes. Yeah, five star of Kentucky Catholic in Lexington, Kentucky. That boy is going to be a first round draft pick for Notre Dame in four years, and we're going to enjoy every moment of him. Uh, I mean, the fact that Kelly has integrated the the rookies so well, I think, is impressive. Uh, but yeah, Michael Mayer, uh, I believe it was a, a crossing route, um, and he was just well played. I mean, I, I don't know if we want to call him Baby Gronk or call him John Mayer. I don't know, whatever whatever kind of nickname you want for him. Um, that kid can play, and the touchdown set the tone for the game. It was like two plays, and we scored. And I knew it was going to be a blowout. So that, for me, put the juice in my nuts. I was pretty excited, especially for him, because the confidence, I think, is such a big part of athletes that goes undetected. And when you can get a guy involved in his first season like that, I think it's going to go a pretty long way. For sure. So I guess other than that, we can just kind of get into college football in general. It's something we like to do is look around the the landscape and see what the hell's going on. Um Game six or week six recap. Um, our prediction game, pretty good week for us. Um, I won the week going four and one. The big loss there was the Florida game. Uh, you and Michael went three and two. And uh, Patty went uh, two and three. So overall in the season, uh, P-Wagon and us uh, and myself are both 12 and 5 at 70%. Uh, you're 7 for 10, or 7 and 10. Uh, you're getting there. You're getting to 500. Almost there. Um, it's a journey. And uh, <laughs> and, and uh, Michael's at 50-50, so um, not bad for a week. Um, lots of upsets, though, right? I don't know if you were keeping track of uh, any games you were watching or if you just had the scores on. But LSU loses. Florida loses. I really hate them for it too because they were part of parlay. 
Um, not that this is an upset, but uh, Texas beat Oklahoma, or sorry, Oklahoma beat Texas, Texas. in the most heart stopping game of all time for a gambler because um, I had Oklahoma but I needed them to cover three and just by winning by one in overtime wouldn't have been enough um, and then Alabama got pushed to the brink against Ole Miss that seems to be their team that they struggle with um, so anything that surprised you from around the world of college football uh, I, I would definitely say te- uh, Texas A&M uh, you know beating Beating Florida was was very surprising. No, they were at home. Uh, again, we've discussed uh, last week, Kellen Mond is, is significantly better at home than he is on the road. But that was quite surprising for me. Also, it is worth noting that there was a, a struggle for number 13 Auburn. They won by two points at home, 30-28, to 28, against an unranked Arkansas team. And Arkansas has been pretty brutal for uh, quite some time now. So uh, they struggled mightily, barely escaped with their lives keeping their quote-unquote playoff hopes alive, but I don't think they really have a chance uh, unless they win out, which I don't see happening. So um, it was a tight one. Um, you know, Clemson versus Miami, I think it was like 17-10 after a blocked kick was returned for a touchdown. Is that correct? That's correct, but the game was never really close. That yeah. was a um, dominating performance for Clemson. Yeah, so it, it was tight at first. And and again, that's the, the, that speaks volume. It's 17-10 going into halftime. I'm pretty sure, and then Clemson walks away with a 42-17 win. So, and and a blocked kick led to a touchdown for Miami. So, you know, special teams mistake, a, a turnover mistakes leading to other teams scoring looks closer on paper than it actually was. You can consider it a sloppy blowout for Clemson. You can consider a sloppy blowout for Notre Dame versus FSU, and that's what I'm talking about. It's you know, in in a manner of speaking, a shared data point. Um, and not that basically we played the same type of game against different uh, opponents. So, uh, yeah, I mean, those are my thoughts just looking around the, the, the landscape. Um, and Ole Miss, they can score some freaking points, man. Uh, they, they can really rack it up, but, uh, yeah. How about yourself? Uh, there's a stat saying that Alabama hadn't let up more than like 40 points against an SEC team for the first like 10 years of Nick Saban's tenure. And in his last six games, he's given up 40 or more three times. Wow. So Alabama looks a little vulnerable there. Uh, Tennessee hung around with Georgia for a while, and then Georgia put them away. North Carolina beat, um, was that Virginia, Virginia Tech? Tech. Yep. Um, that was, uh, I kept following that game because I had money on it too, and that was one where North Carolina was ahead they were they were ahead but Virginia Tech kept coming back in it so that was one to keep an eye on as well and the thing with Florida State um Notre Dame Florida State versus Miami Florida State different quarterbacks that's something we can distinguish later on in the season Miami got the bad Florida State quarterback Notre Dame got the good Florida State quarterback so (laughs) that shared data point is meaningless now um but let's let's take a look at week seven um a little bit less of an exciting week but uh here are the games for uh, for you to pick and for you guys at home Send us your picks on Twitter. Um, see if you can do better than Steve and myself. Well, you can do better than Steve for sure. Very easily. It's very easy to do better than me. <laughs> <laughs> so this week's a little bit um, a little bit up in the air, I think. And there will be a little degree of variance here. So first game, Auburn is going to play South Carolina. Who do you got? Ah, uh, man. 
I mean, South Carolina, like, this is overthinking Steve again, just trying to get back to 500. I think Auburn's the better football team, but they are going on the road. South Carolina is occasionally frisky, but they are a a middling, so to speak, of the, uh, the SEC. Every once in a while, they'll, they'll make some noise. It has been, honestly, a crazy year for college football. So, so given that it's been so nuts, I think I'm going with the South Carolina upset at home. You know what? I'm with you. I think South Carolina is going to upset it. I was not impressed with Auburn last week, and I think South Carolina is better than people expect. They hung in with Florida for a while. Um, P-Wagon went with Auburn, so there's a there's a little split difference right away. Um, that is going to be an interesting one, and I think the line is currently three towards Auburn, so it's going to be a good game. Uh, next, this game should have been a good game, but is instead turned into a, a matchup of losers. LSU's going to the Swamp to play the Florida Gators. Who are you taking, Steve? I think I'm going with Florida here. Um, Florida. Florida. Yeah, Florida still has uh, – Gators still have some some playoff hopes, um, you know, skimpy playoff hopes, but they're still alive. So I would expect them to be uh, – to, to come away with that victory because it's basically do or die for them. Yeah, we are in consensus here. Uh, P-Wagon and myself also agreed to take Florida. LSU doesn't look good. It looks like they're having a hangover. But, I mean, if you're an LSU fan, who cares? You won the national championship as the greatest team of all time with the greatest like road to the final, uh, you don't have to be good this year. You can take the year off. It's fine. Florida's going to win that game. Here's a game of teams that nobody should care about. UCF going to Memphis. Who are you taking? Uh, yeah, so Memphis, uh, been a pretty damn good program over the last couple of years. Uh, they've had some good coaches. They have had some turnover with coaches, though. Um, UCF... The national champions from a couple of years ago. They they've been building such a powerhouse program down there. So it's this is a hard one to predict, but I think I'm going to go with Memphis at home. How about you? Um, I think this is going to go either way. I'm just taking UCF. I think they're just a little bit better, um, but I could see that going easily. Memphis. Um, P wagon took UCF as well. So I'm glad that we're all getting a little bit different here. Makes things a little more interesting. Um, so. The big fourth game, the big ACC game of the week, is Phil Jerkovic and the BC F- Screaming Eagles. I don't know. Golden, nobody cares about them. right? Is it Golden? I don't, I don't, no, I don't, I don't think know. it is. Who cares? <laughs> the, the, the Boston uh, College, who cares? Yeah. Backup College is playing Virginia Tech. Who do you think is going to win that one? Uh, that's a brutal one. It's it's in Blacksburg, Virginia. Um which would entice me to lean Virginia Tech, but BC has looked good in recent weeks. Um, they have a, a quarterback who's playing pretty well. I don't think he's nearly as good as Ian Book. He's pretty much just a loser, but he's okay. Um, I think I'm rolling with Virginia Tech here. Yep, me too. Um, I almost wanted to pick Boston College, but I had to remind myself that they're still not very good, and Virginia Tech is I think Virginia Tech is a very solid team. P Wagon is in agreement with us, so we all think Virginia Tech is going to win, which of course means they they they're just going to lose. Um, okay. The last one, the big one. This is College Game Day in Tuscaloosa. The Georgia Bulldogs, the third-ranked Georgia Bulldogs, are playing the second-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Who's going to win, Steve? The third-ranked Georgia Bulldogs. 
are going to lose this game and Notre <laughs> Dame is going <laughs> to I just Lee Corso'd you. Not so fast, my friend. Uh George is losing. They they don't stand a chance against Bama. Um Bama's just too good and Georgia is just too much in a transition year. So they're losing. Notre Dame moves up to the number 3 spot after our victory. That's a fair point. I I wouldn't penalize either of these teams once they lose, but they will fall to like four and Notre Dame will move up to three regardless. Um, if you actually look at SP plus Georgia's got the number one defense and Alabama has the number one offense. This is going to be a very fun game. I just can't help but think about the stat, how Nick Saban assistants are like, zero and 26 against Nick Saban and Kirby smart, who seems to have his number in the sense where like he'll get on top of the game has always managed to lose the game. Alabama's got the better quarterback. Terrible late game management by Kirby Smart. He should be Kirby stupid, but um, nice. (laughs) Um, Should be executed for that, actually. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm taking Alabama at home here. There's just I just don't think they're going to lose that one. Although I would prefer if they did, because I know we can hang with Georgia, because we did. Um, P wagon is taking the Bulldogs though, because P wagon is a madman who lives on chaos. And I like that about him. So that, that's week seven called football. You guys should let us know your picks. See if you can do better than us. Cause I'm sure we're just three dumb idiots. Um, but this is always fun. So let's move on to Louisville. Um, unless you have any major objections to that. No, no, please. Let's move along. Louisville is one in three this year. Their one win was against Western Kentucky University. Uh, they have three losses, although in their defense, they're pretty tough losses. So they lost to Miami 47-34. They lost to Pitt 23-20. And then they actually got the doors blown off them by Georgia Tech this week. I think they're a little better than their record suggests, but they are not a particularly good football team. Last year, it looked like they made a stride forward, and it looks like this year they've taken a step back. So just looking at SP+, plus, Notre Dame is 7th in the country. Our offense jumps to ninth after last week's performance, but our defense slid to 8th. So overall, we're top 10 in both, which I think is just an absolute recipe for winning a national championship. So let's keep that going. Uh, on the flip side, Louisville is 41st in SP+. They have the 12th rated offense and the 96th rated defense. So that is very, very funny to me. Oh, um, boy. Notre Dame has averaged 40.3 points per game on offense, and they've only allowed 13 on average. Louisville, in contrast, has averaged 29 points per game and have given up 34.3. Steve, how are you feeling? Great. Uh, Louisville, if this was a Louisville game from last year, uh, or if, if their team looks similar this year than what they did last year, I'd be mildly concerned. Not very concerned this year. Um, yeah, I, I think they're just kind of down and out at this point. I feel like that, you know, at one and three, it's really tough to get your players to buy in, especially, I mean, we are going to be their quote unquote Super Bowl, basically, but, um, yeah, I, I just don't foresee them hanging around too long with us. Uh, I, I think the talent discrepancy will, sh- will show its face probably midway through the second quarter. And then I, I don't think we're really looking back from there. How about you? Um, I think that this is another home game, and that would be 
four straight to start the year, which seems ridiculous. I mean, obviously, Wake Forest got got rescheduled. Um, does that make you nervous just kind of going forward, knowing we're going to have like three road games in a row or, you know, for the next five or whatever it may be with with limited crowds? No, that's a fair point. Very fair point. I always forget that we're living in the apocalypse. Um, <laughs> one thing I'd like to always mention is the quarterback stats or at least comparison in terms of QBR book, as I said earlier is 70.5 right now in the country. He's boosted himself up to 23rd and the Louisville quarterback. His name is Malik Cunningham. Assuming he's still the quarterback. You never know with ESPN. Um, and he was at 67.9 for 31st in the country. So he doesn't seem to be a bad quarterback. Um, there should be some talent there, but like you said, I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're a lot better than they are. Our defense is, absolutely elite our offense seems to be finding itself and it's going to be hard i think for louisville to kind of make this a close game um and that is what the football power index believes as well they're giving notre dame an 87.2 percent win probability does that shock you at all no no i mean where where we should definitely be very heavily favored and it is lower think- than florida states by the way florida state had a <laughs> Lo- worse, so, a worse win probability. Yeah, so maybe we're going to be losing at halftime and then have people losing their minds and then still win by 17. Um, no, I, I, I think we're going to handle this one. Um, hopefully, I think Brian Kelly is, is going to take uh, the messaging going forward, which is, uh, you know, you guys see how being sloppy and not being focused can can really affect a game and could potentially ruin your season. So let's tighten our shit up focus bear down and uh and just execute and and he has that that new uh you know kind of second wind about him in uh in, in the second half of his notre dame career uh where it's you know step on throats annihilate the competition crush them put them away so i think if he if he if, if the if from the top down the coaching has that messaging and we just drill it in all week we're not going to be rusty because we're going to not have 21 days in between games. We're going to be full blown, uh, you know, practice and, and the whole nine. I think we're going to come out very well prepared, and, and this should be a pretty big win for the Irish. The way you described that sounds like Brian Kelly gets his motivation from Conan the Barbarian, and I think that's pretty metal. So <laughs> I like that framing of it. Um, I agree with you here. Um, the line is actually Notre Dame minus 15, which seems almost criminally low because I think Florida state might beat the breaks off of Louisville. And if the line for that was 21, the line should probably be bigger for Louisville. Um, any kind of wrap up comments, uh, things you want to look for in the game before we, we give our score predictions. Yes. There is one thing that we needed to address really quickly. We'll, we'll talk about this for two minutes. Maybe there is a, a gentleman. There is a young man. He's from Canada. He's not one of my fellow pod has, podcast hosts. He plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he was drafted in the second round out of the University of Notre Dame. His name is Chase Claypool. And today he had a four-touchdown performance leading this, the Pittsburgh Steelers to a victory. Holy crap, what a talented, talented guy. Uh, you know, we, we are obviously huge Chase Claypool fans. I, I think you might actually propose to him at some point if you ever meet him. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, it's it's just good to have a quick little Irish in the NFL update. Chase, Chase Claypool balled out, and it's really good to get have a, a positive Sunday, a night update, uh, you know, for the state of Irish football 
beyond the campus. So I, I think that was really cool. Any thoughts you wanted to share? What, four touchdowns to beat the Eagles? That makes me quite happy no matter who's the other team. Um, I think Chase Claypool is a fantastic talent. I mean, obviously, longtime listeners of the show will remember when we used to do the whole bit where he was my cousin, and then last year when we just praised him as Heisman candidate. We love Chase Claypool. He's a beast, and the fact that he's dominating at the NFL already um, as a Canadian makes me quite happy. And by the way, today's Canadian Thanksgiving, so he did it on a holiday. Uh, which is even more impressive. Um, I think that's about it for this one. I mean, there's not much to say about Louisville. They kind of suck. Uh, should win. Um, you got a score prediction? I do. Before I get into the score prediction, we're not going to cover this this week, but because this uh, conversation just sprang up with Mapletron and with Canadian Thanksgiving, I think we should uh, should bring back our special segment of Ask a Canadian sometime next week. I think that'll be very fun, and we'll have more time to prepare for it. As for a score prediction, looking forward to uh, Notre Dame hosting the Louisville Cardinal. Uh, I- I'm going to probably go with uh, 48-14. Oh, my God. You're giving me a heart attack is... P-Wagon just messaged me 49-13, which is the exact same score I picked 30 minutes before the podcast started. <laughs> we seem to be all in agreement here. Um, that's pretty shocking. Um, I think if we're all in agreement, that means we're going to lose the game. Um, so you guys <laughs> let us uh, home know your uh, your uh, your score predictions. Um, reach out to us, give us a five-star review, follow us. We're on the road to 700 followers. Let's get that done before November. Um, any last words before we go, Steve? No, no. Um, sloppy blowout. You know, college football is a crazy year. Clean up the, the mistakes and beat the living shit out of the Cardinal. Agreed. Go Irish. Beat the Cardinals. <laughs>